Welcome back, Juventini, to the Juventini Tab, back to Black and White Podcast. My name is Daniel Negro, and I'm live from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And today we're going to be going into the season preview part two of the 2021 Serie A campaign. And that's going to be involving a familiar face. Now, what are we going to be talking about today? Well, we're going to be going into the lineup. We talked about the schedule and uh, some of the key matchups we're going to have to face, some of the key moments that, you know, could... There was a, a definite easier route depending on seeding in Champions League, and hopefully we're lucky enough to do that. But now we're going to get into the lineup and the squad we have. Yep, you're right, Daniel. It's uh, it's not finalized. We don't know if Jekko's coming in. We don't know, uh, you know, what other transfers because that's gonna not that's not gonna end till October fifth, like I've said in the last podcast. But guys, let's see, uh, let's see what, what what these two brains can come up with. So, uh, Frankie, welcome to the show, man. Scranton, uh, Penn. Yeah, hey everybody. Uh, good to be back. Uh, my name's Frank. Um, you can follow me at Frankie the Worst. Uh, I got I absolutely the hottest takes that you can expect on Twitter. Um, a lot of cuss words and a lot of vulgarities, but you know, we're on UVA Twitter, so if you're not expecting that already, I, I don't know what to tell you. So there um, we go. Yeah. And I Happy forgot to me- I forgot to mention. Uh, sorry to cut you off there, buddy, but um, the best Twitter handle. Uh, one of the best Twitter handles on on all of the in all of the game. Frankie the Worst. Um, but yeah, welcome, welcome, welcome. But uh, anyway, so let's get into this uh, new uh, this new season. And I actually have to do a correction on the last show because me being an idiot and not preparing correctly, I forgot to look at what pots uh, the Champions League are are, are gonna you know come up in uh, on October first. So I now have a clear picture of potentially who we could face and. It is going to be dangerous. Um, there's a lot of teams in that second pot that uh, could, you know, be uh, some challenging groups uh, it, into the fold. You know, we have obviously the Bayern, the Real, Liverpool, Juve, PSG, Zenit, Porto, and Sevilla in, in number one. So you don't have to worry about any of those teams. But Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, Manchester City, Man United, Dortmund, Chelsea, Benfica, and Shakhtar are all in number two. So... There is no gimmies in that second pot. I mean, Benfica's maybe one of your easier teams in Shakhtar, but two out of the potential eight there is uh, is interesting. And then you throw in the likes of Ajax and Red Bull Salzburg, Red Bull Leipzig. You know, Merda's in that third one, apparently. Uh, Olympiacos. So we'll see what happens there. And then at the end, you got Atalanta. And you know some easier teams, maybe Marseille is is the is the best of the bunch in pot four. But yeah, no, definitely could potentially create some group of death situation in the uh, in the future. Obviously, October first, check it out. Um, but um, yeah, what do you think about that, Frankie? Uh, doesn't make you feel any better, does it? <laughs> no, no, I'm looking at the list right now, and and I mean, I would almost rather be in pot two. Yeah, well, Frank. I mean, I, you know, I, I know that's kind of a little tongue in cheek, but I mean, you know, you look at teams like Barcelona. I don't know what to make of this season. I, they can either, they, this can either, be, uh, you know, like last dance style, or it could be, you know, the the fastest burning of a of a house you've ever seen, and Messi just takes the thing down with them. So, could happen. You never know. You know, they might be out of they could might be out of the running by you know by the by the tenth match day we don't know that so we'll see um 
I'm kind of curious to see what they do in the Champions League. I mean, that's a little bit more of a, uh, you know, go for it every single game kind of thing rather than, you know, uh, the league is a a marathon, right? I mean, the Champions League, you know, you're playing a game every couple of weeks and then at that point, every couple of months, whatever. So you have a lot of time to prepare for whatever opponent you're coming up against. And, you know, I mean, they're going to have some rest too. So I think if they're they're not competing in in the, the regular league, I think they'll do all right in the Champions League. Um, Atletico is still the scariest team. Uh, them in Manchester City. I, yeah. Atletico is scary because, you know, like half the time they can get beat by a team that they have no business getting beat by. And then the other half of the time they put up the, like, you know, defensive masterclass of the, of the millennium. Green to show. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some of like the best attacking teams on the planet. I mean, they've made prime Barcelona and prime Real Madrid in the past look like, you know, they like the the wheels weren't on the car. Like it, it, it yeah. it's amazing to watch, but comes down a lot to the the kind of the compactness and the tactical, you know, intelligence of Simeone. Um, and then City, I mean, like you know, City at this point, like they they have so much money invested in that team that they're it's, it's an all star team. Like if even if, in my personal opinion, even if any given day, all 11 of them aren't playing well together, they could still pull two or three goals out of, out of thin air because they have players that can do that. Like, yeah. it's, you know, and they have a few of them that can do that. So, yeah, pot two petrifies me. And then you still have teams like United, who I'm still always afraid of a little bit. Dortmund, I'm, I'm convinced Holland is going to be, like, the best striker of all time, and we missed out on him, and that, that's, that's my cynicalness. So, uh, so I'm convinced that, like, Dortmund's going to just – erupt this year they already scored five goals in a in a, in a game this year and it, they paid two so far so um good point <laughs> they're terrifying and then chelsea chelsea's interesting um i like the fact that they got timo Werner and uh kai Havertz. so um they'll yeah. be they'll be pretty they'll be pretty scary too um but i mean to your point i think as you kind of go down pot three and pot four um there are some teams that jump out, some teams that I'm, I'm, you know, I am frankly a bit afraid of. Well, I can, um, I can name a few. I can, I can sense that we're Juventus, but I'm, I can name a death squad right now that would just be, you know, has our number now and apparently thinks that they can just kick the shit out of us. I guarantee you, I, I axe even without delict. Yeah. Um, I guarantee you they still think they can do whatever they want. And, like, just just imagine either, like, Juve Barca Ajax, Juve Atletico Ajax, Juve Mad City Ajax, and the oh, list way. goes on. So, I mean, that would just be horrible. And then you you might even potentially – actually, you would potentially throw in, like, a Marseille or – who else do we got down there? Well, I guess Mo- Moscow's no n- nothing to be scared of. You throw in like a Turkish team, maybe like Besiktas or like Ren, who shouldn't really be there, but it'll probably like come out with Scrappy. So, yeah, uh, like I don't know, like it potentially could be disaster just even in the draw. Uh, so again, knock on wood, we don't fucking have to worry about that. But hey, you wait for. Experience a couple of years ago with Galatasaray and watching that game, like I, I watched that in class at uni, and it was there was the I had no business doing that. Like I had to leave. I was I was heated, like sweating, like I needed to leave, right? And I since then I don't want to play Turkish team. I have no interest. It's literally like fuck, like 
you you almost you almost get like you said nightmares over that one because one they cancel you're sitting there and you're like okay we're we gonna watch a game then they just cancel it and then you're like okay well I guess I'm taking I can't remember if I was in class or if I was working because I had a different kind of schedule at that time so I think I had to take the day off because uh, either of school or of work and then to witness like a fucking slush bucket of a frozen pitch. Yeah, and like, what the fuck is going on? And then we they, we go down one goal, and you're like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah. So yeah, I hope that yeah, Turkish teams, fun times. Yeah. <laughs> but, Turkish teams and Portuguese teams right now. I'm I'm, I'm I yeah. still have mental scars from Europa League nonsense with Benfica and and Galatasaray and Champions. I they give me enough nightmares that that. I, I can go another 50 years without not playing a Turkish or a Portuguese team and still be too soon. <laughs> fair point, fair <laughs> point. But uh, let's get into the news now. So I just wanted to clarify yeah. that, guys. Thank you uh, for putting up with that uh, nonsense. But, uh, yeah, beautiful. Um, what's the biggest news story? Well, we all know it's got to be Jekyll. And that's the biggest name in the game right now, number nine. Apparently could be held up because of Karsdorp at Genoa. Um, inevitably blocking the move, which obviously he would continue at Genoa. Genoa would say, okay, we don't want him anymore. I believe it was a loan, a two-year loan. And then essentially that would mean Deshidio isn't moving to uh, Roma. So that would kind of fuck that up. And then also, you know, Jekyll is, is hinging on Milik and uh, his medicals, if that even happens. But there's been, you know... A lot of talks. Yes, it's done. Yes, in the next couple hours, it's been a few couple hours by now. So um, I don't know what the fuck everybody's going on about. But we have, uh, yeah, we continue on to listen to the bullshit and wait for an official announcement. So that's really uh, that's really all that we can we can do at this point. Unless you want to just start throwing more stuff into the wind, but. That's not this channel. You might find yourself on another one. But anyways, um, yeah, so again, pretty much on standby until things are sorted. Alexi Lawless apparently had something good to say about Serie for once um, when talking about uh, McKenney and saying he was a mix between Gattuso and Kante and Vidal. As we say in the U.S., he is beauty and the beast. Trust me, you'll possibly be su- surprised by Weston. Shocking, a good word came out of that guy's mouth on uh, ESPN because he's literally a clown. The clown, he's got the orange hair, so he's got he's, he's got the ginger uh, curls there, so it all makes sense. But uh, yeah, he's kind of praising the kid, and we'll see what happens, and hopefully he can actually get some minutes and, and contribute. You have to agree with me in the sense that, like, but I, how could you possibly compare? The kid is how old? And yeah. we just called him Conte, Gattuso, and Vidal. What? I'll, I'll take any praise we can get from that guy. So will so. I. Listen, you, <laughs> you listen. Call him Neil Armstrong. Call him like. Uh, call him some other Abraham Lincoln. Call him some other amazing American. You know, whatever. But like, Jesus, like that is extremely high praise. Like the. Is he playing? Is the like? Oh, this this guy. And obviously, he's played a bunch of games other than the fact. Not, I'm not saying his career just started at Juve, but has he really shown so much promise that we're going to compare him to, like, two of arguably the best uh, center midfielders in that type of position in the last 25 years? 
And then the other one is arguably the third best. So I, I, what, like, uh, that's, a, that's a tough sell for me. And I'm praying, I'm praying to everybody that's upstairs that he turns out to be even one of those guys. Fine with that. But like, uh, you know, that's, that's the moment I read that, I was like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, relax. Let the guy kick the ball first. <laughs> oh man you kill me you kill me with these one-liners but yeah i gotta agree with you on there like that's like a like a triple threat of uh like what are we building players out of fucking former legends now? <laughs> like holy shit but uh yeah man that's crazy i mean all the best to the kid um yeah. like i said i hope he actually gets time to play and you know how uv is in in that department uh with the youth products but um, I think this might be a little bit different. Pirlo seems to be, uh, you know, getting along with a lot of these players, different morale. Um, just looking at the different training videos and looking at the different, uh, you know, the Novara pre, uh, whatever you want to call it, preseason friendly. And just speaking of Pirlo, uh, there was an abstract taken from his thesis, um, which was called uh, El Calcio Que Vore, which means the calcio, or... <laughs> Soccer that I like, so or I want, excuse me. And um, basically, he uh, was talking about you know players in winning the ball quickly, and you know being able to you know up that tempo and just getting the ball, getting the ball, holding on to the ball, um, which really is something that Saturday tried to implement. Funny enough, um, and. So it's quite interesting that now we're kind of still in this, you know, high press, uh, you know, possession based uh, attack. So we'll see what everybody's got. Is I'm I'm quite curious to see everyone's opinions when this all potentially goes awry or not. Um, hopefully yeah. not. But uh, what do you think? What are your thoughts on you know possession based creativity and talent are crucial in the last thirty? Like pretty much again, it sounds like Saudi ball. Well. <laughs> I mean, it definitely. I'm not not to, not to discredit Pirlo. Like, I'm no, sorry, no, no. but you know, I mean, <laughs> Pirlo hasn't coached a game yet. I mean, he yeah. coached against Novato, which fine, okay. But you know, fact of the matter is, he still hasn't coached a game yet. So, um, I think it's I think it's two parts that he's trying to get at. I think a he's trying to kind of continue what Saudi already did build, right? Because I mean, at this point, to switch into an entirely new system. You know, for the players that have been there for three years, like even the best players are still going to have somewhat of a hard time switching from one system to one system to one system. Especially if they go from like a three at the back to what Saudi was playing to now what Pirlo's suggesting that, they, you know, they're they're not necessarily night and day systems. But I mean, right. you know, you have to learn them individually. So I think he's trying to get a little bit of that um, con continuity going as well as, um, you know, I think. For him, he has, I don't want to say younger players now, and, and, and that's an obvious thing, but, you know, frankly, like, Sadi can explain over and over and over to a player like Kedira or a player like Matuidi who, like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and shit on them the entire time, but, like, neither Please of do. them were very spry in their older years when they were with us. You know, so even if we wanted them to press quickly, if they didn't press quickly and win the ball immediately, they weren't chasing the ball down. Then you had a player like Pjanic who, you know, his defense was like foul at the shin or don't at all. So, you know, like when you get into those kind of players, like, you know, you, you're sort of limited in how effective you can actually press. And, and I can kind of sympathize with Saudi on that. And then again, at the same time, 
I think Pirlo is trying to exploit that a little bit to say, I have younger players. Um, you have players like McKinney, you have players like Kulishevsky, like Arthur, you have, you know, bent on court. You have a midfield of younger players at this point that if you tell them to run for 90 minutes straight and they can't, it's yeah. more something on the player than it is, you know, it, they're of the age that they should be able to do that. They shouldn't be gassed out after the fact. So, um, you know, I think, I think based on what its formation looks like right now, um, it's, it's going to be the definition of like, wait and see. Um, you know, I, I'm really interested to see how Kulishevsky, uh slots in the team. Um, yep. One, really interested to see. Um, I'm not really interested to see it. I should rephrase what I said. Um, <laughs> upset because I think it's well, this is what's going to happen. Uh, if Jekko joins, or even if Luis Suarez joins, if any like true number nine joins, I'm, my worry is that Pirlo is going to put Dybala on the wing. And I think that he's going to not... I think he's going to know better than that because I think he watched the games uh, that Allegri put him on the wing and it didn't work. We hope. Right. We would pray. We would hope he had U of A TV or whatever the hell it's called. Like we hope he paid his membership to the J club. But like, see, see, but it doesn't even work apparently according to Roman. So yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, he, so he definitely didn't watch that. Yeah. But you know, it, it's, <laughs> but I, it was funny how you just did like a little, the brain was like, wait a minute, reverse. The ball yeah. is going to go to the way. <laughs> but no, you know what I mean? I like, and my, my hope, and I get that, that you know, real life isn't FIFA. Um, yeah. But my experiences in FIFA tell me that the ball would be great behind the striker. Yeah. And I'm not like, I'm, I'm saying that like kind of a smart ass, but like. Ball all don't ser- lie. Virtual ball don't lie. Right. And like all seriousness. You know, I have always kind of thought Dybala to be very effective in like sort of a false nine role with a little bit closer to the goal, Um, you know, allowing a little bit more freedom in the middle, but keeping as pressed up as high as they can and allowing the midfield to kind of win the ball back and distribute it either to the wings and play it inwards towards Dybala or play to Dybala and let him distribute. Um, I always liked the way that he played in that position. The problem was, was that, you know, the coaches we've had so far weren't overly thrilled to play. Iguain and Ronaldo in front of Dybala and then have three defend- or three midfielders behind him who can't defend. Because, you know, at, at that point, like, you have to just pray that Delic blocks every single shot. Or yeah. Bonucci makes every single tackle on the line. Like, it, you know, at, at one point, we're going to leak goals for sake of we have no one t- to defend. Um, I think with the, with the players we have now, I think we're able to press a little bit more uh, intently and actually... You know, win the ball back the way that Saudi wanted to. Yeah, but that have the personnel for it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think, and then, like you said, we got younger players, so that's gonna, you know, hopefully the legs are, are actually there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely gonna be interesting because we have guys that want to prove themselves. We have guys that uh, like they haven't looked great so far, like guys like Ramsey. Um, is he in? Is he out? I mean, there's still room to move. So, again, we still have a little bit to wait and see, but the season starts when the season starts. So, we got to give you uh, the content you guys deserve. And um, Ipsos was feeling kind of bored and wanted to see again how many fans Juve had. So, um, they did a little poll and confirmed we got about 8.839 million Juve fans in Italy. So, over 30%, not too shabby. Uh, even if you combine Inter and Milan, they still don't come close. So fuck yeah, you guys. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought when I saw it. I'm like, wow, thirty some, and then everybody else is in the teens. That sounds like uh, like how many championships are being out. That sounds beautiful. That sounds, right? Beautiful, Frankie. I love it. But yeah, that is fucking awesome. I I I just saw that, and you just put that in my head, and that is hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Obviously, tomorrow, uh, two p.m., which is going to be in not too long from now in Italy. Uh, Kulusevski is going to be announced. I believe he was number forty-four already, anyway. So, I would assume he's going to stick with that number in 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 black and white. But you never know. Maybe you got a change of heart. Um, but that was the number he wore in the Novara game. This is another stupid ranking of the week. Um, the most Instagrammed football jerseys. Juve is number one, guys. We have 70,000, what is that? 70,870 hashtags. The question I have, how many of those were real jerseys? <laughs> how many of them were the sellers from overseas <laughs> that were trying to sell them like? Buy a Hashtag Juventus. $13.99, yeah. Free patches. Put whatever name you want on the back. Yeah, fuck. And guys, I don't take this lightly. I'm not trying to take the piss out of people, you know, that, you know, can't afford jerseys every year or whatnot. But it's literally, uh, that's more of a shot to CR7 fans because it's like, oh, they're going to jump on that fucking chart. They're going to be like, see, we buy the most jerseys out of everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh, I'm very, uh, my my Juve collection at this point has to be, you know, uh, a couple hundred bucks, almost a grand. And, and that being said, like, I still to this day, if I think a jersey's ugly, I'm going to buy it. I'm just going to buy the fake one because I don't, I, I, I'll, you know, I like, I, I'm going to give them all the support that I can for like, I buy a jacket, I'll buy yeah. a hat, I'll buy a pair of pants, I'll buy the other jerseys that I like. But like, if it's a jersey, like, remember a couple of years ago that lime green collared jersey? I still bought it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm demented, though, so don't don't take that like as a as a slight. But um, I'm I'm kind of fucked up. A name that you wouldn't have purchased, but <laughs> oh, definitely, no, I definitely bought that one. <laughs> Pogba number six, boys. Pogba number that's six, hilarious. lime green. Yeah, no, that's fucking beautiful. That's a that's one of the that's one of the top in the collection. I don't think I could give that. That one's priceless. That's too funny. <laughs> Literally priceless. Um, but fucking, what do we got next, boys and girls? Uh, Marquisio dropped a comment uh, about the midfield. Um, he says he doesn't know if the current midfield will be able to be as def- decisive as his. Um, it was a beautiful midfield with the perfect alchemy, chemistry, maybe the right word with that translation should have been. But you have no idea how much I enjoyed being a part of it. Me too. I yep. enjoyed it too until the last day of fucking the summer transfer window and you tore our motherfucking hearts out on Yelly. Fuck you for reminding me of that right now. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Every day I still remind myself that Marquisio took a year of vacation to, to Moscow. Or to, uh, yeah, St. Petersburg, sorry. Close enough. In and around. <laughs> he was in fucking Turin. I could tell you that much. <laughs> Wasn't playing in black and white. He was in some blue colored jersey. I don't even know. I don't like it. It's not mine. Forget it. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe that's where. Maybe that's where they got the design out of that cloud jersey from. Yeah. It's a Zenit, Zenit second. <laughs> I've been having. You know what? Honestly, Adidas is really getting me upset now, though, because I, from what I've been hearing, uh, and I haven't actually seen the picture to compare them exactly, but I guess one of um, 
Mercedes jerseys looks just like our uh, cloud jersey from last year. Leon, 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 Leon. I'm sorry, I mix them up every single time that I talk about them. I yeah, know they, which one you're talking about. Yeah, it's exactly the same. Like how how big does a team need to be to get their own jerseys? And we, and, and we lost to Leon. Maybe they're going to get their own custom jerseys next year. Too. They're going to get. We're going to. We're going to get the templates. It blows me away how many people are on Twitter that make these jerseys that are knockouts. Every single year, they make these brand new, beautiful jerseys: gold, black, white, whatever accents. Gorgeous. Then Adidas is like, we, you know, I had a paintbrush and you know, I just <laughs> threw it at this Real Madrid jersey and changed the logo. That's all they did. And then I'm supposed to be like, oh, yeah, thank you. It's oh better than last I mean, Jesus. Like. <laughs> it's true. It's like, hold on. Let me, hold on, guys. One second. Let me just get my blindfold so I don't see anything yeah. that happens on Twitter. It's not like there's any designers else in this world that have some, you know, steal some of those ideas. I don't care. Take some of these people's ideas. They're begging you. They're begging you, please. <laughs> Even if it was like a third jersey where they left it up to like go on this website and design it, right? Like I think I think I don't know if we did that a few years ago, but I know some teams did it a few years ago. Yeah, they um, did, and then they just went in like some completely different aster. It was like it was that military green jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which I didn't mind. It was all right for I was me. Say, but... No, I actually really like that jersey. But yeah, that's what I, I mean. But like, I would love for a fan to be able to design the jersey so that at least if it stinks, we we can say, you know what, it's okay because you know a fan designed it. There's a story behind it. Whatever. If an Adidas design sucks, what do we say? It's okay. Lazy bastards. <laughs> like, how big do we have to be? How many bigger clubs are there that Adidas has signed? Tell that, me about it. You know what I mean. And you look at Real Madrid, they have beautiful kits every single year. And, yeah, sometimes they have kind of the recycled third kit or yeah. whatever. But, like, I the told other- you, man, we get no respect. That's why I told UVAJ, I said, you want to win the marketability in. <laughs> oh, God, this is going to be too good. Oh, this is going to be too good. We're getting some good content these days. That's awesome. The good news is, is my handle is Frankie the Worst. So, you know, Frankie if, the Worst. If anyone was the worst for the technical difficulties and the bullshit beforehand, here I am. <laughs> Guys, we had a uh, word with the mother, uh, with the mother lord, uh, the the freaking the big daddy Adidas, and um, they unfortunately took matters into their own hands and couldn't. Yeah. It couldn't take the shit talking we had and just t- decided to turn Frankie's. Uh, computer off uh remotely so uh that's that <laughs> my fbi agent and my webcam must be an adidas fan he must hate nike and he's say hi to jimmy hey bob how you doing cuz <laughs> but anyways boys we uh boys and girls we get back into it like i was saying um uva aj uh he was saying that we needed this you know, market of Italy and Italy, and I mean, we dominate there. I don't think that's the, that's the least of our concerns is Italy. We're going to sell out there no matter what. Um, my theory is we got to take on the world, and that's why we're getting put behind, you know, even Arsenal and Bayern and, and Real and getting these shit jerseys. And, uh, yeah, it's just ridiculous. You look at Adidas, and they get, like, even designers making their kits. They had that one black third jersey with, like, the dragon on it. But... 
for us, <laughs> that's you know the way the cookie crumbles, as uh, as they say. And it stinks too because I I was always a really big fan of the Nike kits when we had them too. Yeah, me too. For the most part, I mean, there were definitely some that were misses. Like I, I'll be honest with you, I'm never a big fan of collared jerseys. Oh, okay. Not for any other reason, but like I, when I wear them around, like especially Juve jersey, like. I, I don't like the collar and the stripes. I like one or the other. So, um, but that's my personal opinion. And like with a, with Nike, even their collar jerseys were still kind of a knockout of the park. Oh yeah, fourteen fifty now, and it's like you know the clubs that have Nike, they are ha- like they definitely have some template jerseys that they're using. But like you get a team of PSG, like they oh, have, yeah. have that special deal with Jordan. Like those, I have fought myself to not buy one of those kids every year that they've made them because they're so nice. Yeah. And I'm like, no, because I what am I gonna how am I gonna explain to someone with the Aventus tattoo and a PSG jersey? What do I say? Like yeah, that, that is a, that happening. is a good one. You know yeah, I mean? that is a good one. But yeah, no, it's um I I think we've been talking I've talked about it with with a few guests and it's just bad dealings. You know, the Palace kit, I kind of enjoyed. Oh. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I think I, well, I, I think it was it was multiple things. One, we had a fucking half-and-half half jersey. <laughs> Two, when they fucking throw stripes on it, literally, they could have fucking thrown stripes on anything, and, they would, and people would have fucking bought the jersey. So, uh... It's on shit, and I would have bought it. it exactly. Exactly. So, you know, we'll see what happens in the future. I mean... I'm waiting for these leaks of next year's jersey. Mm-hmm. I really want to know because there's going to be just riots if it's anything short of just a plain black, plain black and white stripe fucking jersey out of my end, at least. I can only hope that that there's one guy who's going to walk in the room at Adidas and he's going to say, "Guys, maybe just this year we just do the stripes again." Like Adidas's first jersey, I think we talked about this last time. Adidas's first jersey was one of my favorites ever. Like the yeah. stripes, I, I thought the stripes were were well done. Maybe they were a little bit too thin, whatever. But like even the shoulders had the Adidas black and white stripes going down right. the side. They did it, it well. Works. Yeah. And then they did like the two black stripes. That was fine too. That was a Real Madrid kit with with some paint on it. Yeah. But I was even okay with that because it's still oh the pinstripe one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and then the next the, one was nice too. The next one was, I, I think, would say almost top, top five, top ten kits. Uh, the, the, one, the one with like the so the only shitty part about the jersey is they put the scudetto above the Adidas because it had that like uh, squared collar with the button. Oh yep 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 that but was one. A, You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, that's a classic jersey. And then they were just like, well. We gave you classic, so now we're just gonna fucking go all all out there and just give you, you know, paint brushes and half and halves and figure we'll figure it out. Next year's gonna be zigzags. <laughs> and you know what? Here here's here's the definition of my stupidity, right? Barcelona, I'm 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 ninety-five percent sure on this. So so if someone if I'm wrong, fact check me and tweet at me and tell me I'm an idiot, because I'll I'll accept that. I'm pretty sure when Barcelona did their blue and red half and half jersey, they won the Champions League that year. Yeah. This entire season, that was what I thought. I was like, well, if there's ever going to be a year to win it, right? Like, well, shit, it's going to be this one, right? Quarantine. Oh, my God. Uh, like, everything that I was – I'm superstitious. I'm like a Southern Italian guy. Like, everything has, like, some, like, oh, yeah, well, God put this here. Yeah, this did this, this did that. So, like, 
it was, was also it was also a centenary year if I remember correctly. Mm. So we didn't have that. Maybe that's why the 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 cookie didn't shake out the way it did. Nine out of the ten stars aligned. We were missing the last one. <laughs> so I mean, fuck. But this Adidas deal, man. I know we were getting fifty-one million out of it, but like, <laughs> do me a favor. Someone go to Nike and be like, "Well, just give us like fifty-two and maybe some Jordan, you know, apparel, and we'll 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 switch some shit up around for you guys." Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, no, I was always a Nike. I mean, obviously Kappa is Kappa, but they're never gonna give us that kind of money. Um, no, and- my Kappa has uh, is to have Kappa one last time. Or just to Kappa, to just like Kappa is obviously still making a lot of jerseys, but like I, I would love nothing more than like uh, a one last ditch like Kappa Adidas collab, something. Pretty much, Kappa could remake every single jersey from the nineties mm-hmm. until like the early two thousands. Sell out and sell out within about two minutes every yeah. drop. So Absolutely. I mean, Kappa, let's go, let's work something out. Like hundred million. I think that's uh, that's fair enough. You know, mm-hmm. maybe you give that in, in installments over the year. Wait till the first drop happens. You drop about three, four of those jerseys. You're going to be making hundred million in in one shot. I guarantee you. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna. Like, you look at other you look at other kit uh, producers too, like um, like Puma with what they're doing with, uh, with with. I mean, honestly, what they're doing with Milan's pretty impressive. I like it a lot. Yeah. I, I I'm personally a pretty big fan of the jerseys that they put out for Milan, but. Um, like what they did with uh, Borussia Dortmund, like yeah, how, yeah. like what do we need to do? How many, how many Juventini need to beg on? How many podcasts before Adidas gives us an all black jersey, all black? No, yeah, I know. I just Fuck, lush black. Like they, there's a Dortmund jersey out right now that even the logo, everything is black, and it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And I can't, Juve wouldn't do that in a million years. They would no. get all black, and then they would throw like puke green on the front or like piss yellow on the back. It's like here you go. We we'd have to get relegated to City of B to have a fucking black jersey. That's for sure. Yeah, that's exactly. the only way. It's like okay, it's a funeral, so we'll uh, we'll 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 make a all black kit for you guys. Yeah. That makes sense. It's like that's class, boys and girls. Like I don't understand. Like yeah, f- and actually the funny thing is, Max on the podcast yesterday was actually wearing that exact black kit that you're talking that was about. It? So. That's it's a small saying. world, boys and girls. It's a small I mean, world. But... Uh, he he did what I couldn't do. I, I haven't I haven't been able to buy another club's kit since like twenty. No, 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 he was wearing the Juve one. Not the oh, Bruce I thought one. you were saying he was wearing the black Dortmund kit. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, geez, all right, never mind. Oh, okay, <laughs> I, was, I, I was just like I was like Max, please wear please wear your Dortmund. <laughs> yeah, Max, we, we wear a Dortmund jersey because we're, we're talking about Juve on the whole podcast. So you just bring in another team quick. Frankie the worst, the best, man, the best. But anyways, let's get back into it. Fuck this jersey talk. It's depressing me because we're yeah. never going to see a nice jersey again. Meanwhile, Suarez apparently has arrived to do his exam. Guys, we're, we're still, this is this is the media. This is what we're getting nowadays. We're, we're following Suarez. We're wondering if he knows how to take Italian, if he knows how to read a fucking book in Italian, if he knows how to talk to his nonna. I don't understand. Literally, he goes, and now he's passed. He's apparently passed this exam, according to multiple sources. But Romeo Agresti saying his future isn't in Italy, anyways. Obviously, he's got a use for having a European passport. But apparently, that deal is that ship has sailed, and that was just 
some more. Um, I don't know who started that. Was it that Monblano? I wouldn't be shocked. So I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah. I mean, figure that. Figure that out. Apparently, there was an agreement though between Roma and Juve, sixteen million. And what is it? Seven and a half a year. Yeah, seven and a half a year for two years. And uh, apparently, the medicals are in the next hour. So I don't know if we got any live. Hold on, let me just see. Nope, sorry, the live feed is not there. Uh, maybe we'll get that one next time, guys. Sorry about that. But uh, yeah, no. So we can't confirm if Jekyll is getting his medical in the next hours or so. So sorry. How, uh, how do you feel about that? I- I'm curious because I I never particularly felt good about either. Um, both were players that five years ago, like I was I was dying for them to sign with us. Like when Jekyll was leaving City and when uh, when Suarez really? was leaving Liverpool. I mean, okay, Suarez. That- okay. I thought you were yeah, talking Milik, but anyways. That's a whole different story. But, I mean, even when Suarez was at Barcelona, any given year he was at Barcelona, I would have taken him in a heartbeat. Yeah. Except yeah. last year. So, yeah. like, you know what I mean? This is the one time that I was like, I don't really want him. And Dzeko, I mean, Dzeko's consistent, but, I mean, he he is an older – he's an older player. And as far as I'm concerned, like, the stopgap thing is important because, yes, we need a striker right now. But at the same time, like, you know, if – if we need a striker so badly, then don't aim for two years. Aim for three years and get somebody maybe, you know, who's 28, 29, 30, rather than aiming for 33 and 34 years. Yeah. Or maybe you know, like 22, 24, Holland. Yeah, that's the ideal world. I don't expect – listen, that we'll, we'll see the 25-year-old and, tw- and under crew roll out in the black jerseys as soon as they, uh, as soon as they sign for us. But, I, you know, I mean, like I said, we see players like Holland who, like, a team like Dortmund takes a bet on them. And then he's a superstar. And, and, you know, obviously he only had the time that he had. But, I mean, it, it was well, a pretty impressive year. <laughs> Frankie, I don't think it's even a bet. It's Juve is stubborn. We yeah. don't let – like, I guarantee you in the meeting this is what happened. Okay, how much do you want? Okay, we can do that. Okay, what's the ter- – 30 million? Okay, we can do that. Okay, how much playing time do you want? Uh, I want to start – well, um, you you can't sit on the bench. Uh, no, I want to be a starter. Uh, have you seen how many goals I scored? Yeah, but did you score in Serie A? No, no, I've only played in the Bundesliga. Yeah, sorry, man, we can't we can't really accommodate that here. We only uh, the only young guys we bring in are for Plus Valenza, and that's how that interview went. My <laughs> My thing that's always very uh, head scratching is like players talk all the time about how, oh, I want to play with Messi. I want to play with Ronaldo. I want to play with uh, De Bruyne. I want to play with whoever, right? Like we have Ronaldo. Yeah. Do we have the worst marketing group? Not yeah. mark team, but like in the fucking discussion, is there really nobody who's just like, now, I'm, besides the money you'll be making, You'll also be playing with a guy that you had posters of on your wall. No one mentions that. Nah, they were probably they were probably they were probably like actually, you know what? We're probably gonna get rid of Ronaldo either this season or next season. So really, that's not gonna be an option. For yeah, like I, you know, and then you look at players like Delict, where it's like you know everyone always retweets the video of like Ronaldo walking up to him, hey, cuz you know, sign yeah. for Juve, come on over. Oh, okay, sure. And then he gets on the plane and he's there. So it's like, well, where the fuck are the rest of the players? No one else wants to play with Ronaldo. It was just him. I mean, Agnelli's a, a cheap Italian motherfucker. So, 
Like literally, he flew his jet out to fucking where was it? Greece. Yeah. To go fucking meet Ronaldo. Get the fucking team. Get whoever. Eros Ramazzotti. Throw on the fucking plane. Throw on fucking half the squad. Ronaldo, his wife, kids, and anyone else who he wants to bring. I don't care what you got to fucking do. Bring whatever you got to do. Send it to his house. Say, this is what we got. We got Ronaldo. You got best player in the world. You got that. What do you want? We can make you a starter. Bullshit. Come on. You're fucking Italian. You should definitely know how to fucking bullshit, even if he's not going to be a starter. That's what I mean. That, that we were like, my, our country is predicated on, on being able to bullshit. That's how we got like half the land that we have. That's, that's what our heritage spreads far and wide because of our ability to bullshit. If we weren't able to exactly. bullshit, you know, but yeah, no, I, I just, it frustrates me. And um, it's, it's particularly difficult to your point. I think they're stubborn because I'm convinced Juve is waiting for this, like, superstar Italian number nine to pop out of Serie A where they can just say like, oh, you have him? Thank you very much. And then body. <laughs> yeah, like this, right? Like either you are young and they turn oh, or yeah. you bet on a player that is proven but understanding what you're going to get out of. I don't want to bet on 34-year-old. Like if we're so insistent on going after a player that's a little bit older that if you want him to be fucking Italian or whatever, like you could throw enough money at Bellotti and he'll come over. I'm not saying I want Bellotti. Yeah. I'm just saying in the past before he was indoctrinated into, into Torino the way that he is, we could have got. Yeah. There was a very real possibility that he could have joined our team. He's everything that Juve wants from this like stereotypical, like we want a very Italian team, we want et cetera, et cetera. But we never go after those players. We go after like See, Iguain was the biggest purchase that, like we we had up to that point, and yeah. and even yeah. that was he was still 28, 29. I don't think Juve wants an Italian team at all, though. I got to disagree on that. I, I don't think we do. I really don't. Um, I, think I think historically it, we have. So I think maybe oh, it's maybe it's historically. Yeah. I think it's historically. Maybe maybe it's because we're going to J Corp and not not Juventus anymore. Yeah, so I think it, I think it's whoever's going to sell a, a jersey. <laughs> really and i mean jekko i was i honestly even I, even I was, with roma i was surprised that they were going after him i've never been a big fan of jekko um not saying that he isn't a good player but i just uh for some reason or not maybe because he was playing for city and my opinion of city is such but um i don't know i've never been a huge fan of him so maybe that's kind of getting i mean two years is not bad seven and a half that's that's all right 16 million is not too big of a hit. So, I mean, I wouldn't be, you know, pissed. But what does piss me off is what we're going to get into, you know, next, the important part of this episode, the formation. So you put Jekko in, and then what does that mean? Well, if you're going 4-3-3, that means Dybala's on the wing. Or he's in the number 10 role. He could be on a number 10, 4-3-1-2, or 3-4-1-2. There's a whole bunch of ways you can you can slice it. Um. But and then for Suarez, no way, way too much money, mm. way too much money. And then Barca wanted like fifteen or sixteen million. No, 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 not ten to twelve million uh, or whatever, ten and a half million. And then you think you're gonna get like sixteen million out of us? I don't think so. Uh, not for a player like that. I think he's again, like you said, I don't, I don't think he's at the same level and. 
those are my thoughts on, uh, on I think for me it's if you don't need to like if you can bring someone even keen I'm, I'm not too you know impressed with him obviously I've seen what he did with us but I'm not pretty you know I don't like his attitude the way he's been perceived in certain situations but if there's something where you can get a guy on loan and you don't have to break the bank you make that move sometimes like I've said again this is gonna be the second or third time saying it but Sometimes the best thing to do is sit on your hands. Uh, I mean, you don't need to make a move. And it seems like we're like forcing something that, I don't know. So, and, and this is why I want to bring this up too. And it, it talks about the formation. Uh, there's a couple points that, uh, well, there's one last point really that we'll get into for news and then we'll get into these formations. But um, when Juve gets in the mindset, they have to do something like, now, like, everybody was talking about midfielder, fullback, number nine. Okay. But are we going to get into this formation where we're just going to be crossing the ball in again, like Allegri, just now because we have a number nine? Is yeah. that, and, and then we're going to realize that the number nine is only one player and you still have to get the guy the ball. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it doesn't matter who you got up at number nine. You got to get him the ball. So that's one thing. Um the next, the last and final part of the news, Iguain finally terminated his contract, officially, officially. Uh, signed, sealed, delivered. And that's going to cost us a capital loss of $18.3 So get ready next June, everybody, because we're going to fucking sell some Plus Valenza uh, mm-hmm. at a discount or, you know, and maybe not a discount, maybe at an agreed fee, as always. Yeah. But um, that's it for news, guys. Um Again, constant BS, and I can't wait till October 5th. Um, that's just me, but let's get into the formation. So, obviously, we've seen uh, how Pirlo set the team up against Novara, and it was kind of like a 3-5-2 or a 3-4-1-2, depending on how uh, you look at it. And to me, it was kind of, I, I don't know if it was maybe just a touch and feel, see how things go, put Ronaldo up top, let's see where he can run around. Uh, Kulusevsky was also as like a striker uh, at the top, and um, we had like a lot of wingers, and I posted it obviously before, and a lot of you guys got back to uh, me and, and had your thoughts on on how the formation should be. But, uh, you know, interesting interesting game, 5 nothing win. Saw some good quality out of uh, a whole bunch of players. Uh, Ramsey was included, and then you also saw two later on. You know, Rugani's getting the captain's arm mad, apparently. But I'm not sure if that's necessarily the way we set up. You're going to have Delict out for maybe three months or until, whatever, October, maybe November. Um, so I just don't see the three being an option. Um what are your thoughts on the three at the back? Or is that something you're looking to see uh, under Pirlo? Is a, a three-man back line? Frankie? Well, I got I to start off by saying, you saying Rugani has the captain's armband, it made my palms sweat. So that was, <laughs> that was no good. Um, I don't like that. But <laughs> um, the three at the back's tough because, I don't know, before when we had three at the back of the BBC, we had very much a... Um, we'll say like a, like a backline general in every player in the sense that between Buffon, Barzali, Bonucci, and Chiellini, every single one of them can yell at every player on the field and get them organized just as well as any of the other ones can. Um, you know, with obviously some having better leadership qualities, but fact of the matter is they all can do it. Um, 
nowadays with three at the back, I don't know who we play. I mean, I, I think I think the default probably has to go to um, you are you might disagree with me on this because I don't start Killini anymore because I think he's frankly too old and he's he okay. just came off of just came off of like two pretty big injuries over the last what five years or so. So I mean, you know, being in your third and getting an ACL injury isn't it, it's players in their twenties sometimes don't recover fully. So. Um, you know, my yeah. hope is that he comes back stronger than ever, but you know, t- what do they say? Father time's undefeated. So my, my expectation, if they had a three in the back would have to be Bonucci, Dolly and, uh, Demerol, Right. But my issue with that is I don't, I don't particularly trust Rugani to slot into that and to teach yeah. defenders to play a three at the back. It's a much more narrow mindset than if you teach them to play depending on how he plays a three at the back. Because if he keeps rotating it so that one of the wing backs kind of turns it into a four at the back, then I feel a little bit better. But if he's just training these players to play three at the back constantly, and then he has to change to a four at the back formation, they don't, they're just not used to playing it. Yeah, I, don't, I, I think that's, I think you're great, Frankie, though. Uh, just to cut you off there, I, I think you're right in that sense because that's the way Sadi did it last year. You know, Sandro would come back and slide in beside either, you know, between Bonucci and beside Bonucci and Delic, uh, or whoever was the, the CB in at that game, if that was Rugani or not. But that's what he he was forced to do at that time because we had a right winger who, I mean, sorry, a right back who's a right winger. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I think we should still stick with the four, and if that's how he wants to do it, and slide someone back as a three. And then and then work that way. Uh, I think that's going to be the best. But yeah, I, I don't I don't know necessarily. Again, you're putting you're going to put if if you're thinking that Kilini and who knows Kilini probably would start in that three with Bonucci and let's say Demiral or yeah. maybe even uh, Rugani or someone like that. Let's say to start as a three five two, which I don't necessarily mind because um, it. In the three-five-two, you're given a little bit more reins for your 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 wing backs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you also have a little bit more support having that extra defender, right? And then you have two guys that kind of are supposed to cover for your your wing backs when they can in certain positions, right? Right side, left, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of uh, you know ideas. So. If we and again, it's been talked about in 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 press conferences. He said we've talked about four, uh, possibly defending, maybe in a four four two or whatever, um, and then a, a attacking in a in three five two or three four three or whatever it could be. So again, there's 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 going to be some combination play um, potentially. But my fear, yeah. to be honest, is uh, is that um, we don't sign a right back. Um, and we have to keep my fear with a three, five, two, or any variation of a three back line is just that, that like the left side, I feel. Yeah. I want to give Alexander like the guy assistant in at least one thing or another. I don't know which one it's going to be on any given. He'll play well one way or another. Um, the right side, like Guardado as a right back already wanders up to right wing and doesn't get back. And when he does, he's out of breath and he makes either a bad tackle or misses yeah. it entirely and he gets beat. And my fear is, you know, if we have, you know, Chiellini, uh, Bonucci and uh, Rugani or Demiral or whoever in the back three, my worry is that, you know, they're not going to have the same kind of cover as when we had Licksteiner 
who like Licksteiner could be inside the opponent's goal and he'll get back to our goal oh, yeah. faster than anybody else in the field. Would. So, you know, yeah. w- with him on the side, I can kind of, but yeah, no, to your point, I think what Saudi kind of demonstrated last year is what's going to inevitably carry over to this year. I think Pirlo is going to try to carry over a lot of that for continuity, but um, no, I, I think, I think what's going to be interesting this year is seeing how Pirlo uh, is able to kind of switch from one formation to another and be a little yeah. bit fluid with it. Um, we saw that with Allegri. I mean, I, th- I thought his strongest uh, characteristic was the fact that, you know, one game he can play with one formation and then the moment you make an adjustment, he makes three more Yeah, and, and completely neutralizes you. I, I, my hope is that Pirlo is able to kind of, you know, look at a, a four at the back and say, okay, but we do have the personnel out there to turn into a three if we're attacking or, or a four if we're defending. Or Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. And that's kind of what he's going to have to put up with. Again, like you said before, it's it's nice that Luca Pellegrini is an option. So that left side is kind of secured now. Or at least, you know, you have depth there. You're not just playing a game a guy game after game after game and wearing him down and tearing. You know, then he hurts his MCL and or it was an MCL or ACL. But... You know, a little, you know, tear and, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the future. And again, just to wrap up with the CBs, with the three in the back, I, I think preferably we start with four, um, with obviously a left back and a right back and kind of, you know, exhibit what we have last year, uh, just because it's in fresh in the mind, like you said, uh, Frankie. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if dechilio has gone. It seems like. We have too many Teflon Dons in this squad, apparently. So uh, apparently everybody can just dodge bullets, apparently. So, guys, I don't know what to tell you. Kadir is still on the squad, and we're halfway through September. So we just need to sign one contract as a player. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care how bad I'm playing. I can't make me leave. They can't make Kadir leave, and they can't make me leave. Well, that's exactly the case. They have no control over that. So... Let's see what happens. Um, let's get into the midfield now. Obviously, Artur, new new uh, new player in the squad. Uh, Weston McKenney, new player in the squad, and Kulusevski. Depending on if you think he's a right winger or a midfielder, he's also a new player in the squad. So, um, what is your best take at the midfield, uh, and how do you set it up? Do you do you know? Is it a five? Is it a three? Is it? Uh, Two and three with a lone striker. What's your What's your opinion? I um, I, the midfield is the one that I think has the most questions because the midfield can be uh, a position can be almost taken up by DiBala, um, and and you know you have to leave a midfielder on the bench. I, I mean that in like a, I hate to say the attacking mid because I really do consider it more of a false nine pressing up a little bit higher. Um, but, you know, I mean, Dybala is the way that he plays. I mean, he, he has a characteristic that he comes back on defense because he just hustles hard. Yeah. Well, even if he put him at striker, he still ends up fighting for midfield balls. Um, I mean, that said, I think as of right now, um, our strongest midfield uh, is Arthur, uh, Bentancourt, Rabiot, and then... The fourth one's kind of the toss-up one. Um, like I said, it's either Dybala if you play it if you play it where he's up further and you have kind of the the two strikers on either side of him playing a little bit more wide than central. Um, yeah. You know, or I, I want to yeah. see what McKinney plays like. I, I want to see what I you know I, I'm I 
I'm not the kind of guy who goes and watches YouTube video highlights to just say, like, this is how he plays. It's a good way of getting a start. But, I mean, like, until I can see how he plays with the players we have, you know, I, I really can't get a feel for how he's going to end up performing overall, even if he played great in the Bundesliga. He played great wherever they could, you know, wherever whatever player came from. Right. Um, you know, until I see how they gel with us. And, I mean, it, you know, team from... You play like I said. I like. I think we talked about this last time. One player that I thought had been missing from our midfield for a while now has been kind of that destroyer type. Like, I, it's funny that Alexi Lawless used those three because I think if I listened to the last podcast, I, I mentioned like two of those three about who I wanted. But like, like exactly that, like a Gattuso or Vidal type who, like, it, as long if the moment your playmaker loses the ball, that player is coming in to destroy and take that ball right back. And try to redistribute and you know play that high press, high pressure. So um, I think McKinney's going to be like that. I think based on what I've heard and based on what I've been reading, he's very much a workhorse. He has iron lung. So you know that that always bodes well for that kind of player to just you know always be running at the ball, never running out of steam. Um, you know, I, it was something that I always hoped Matuidi could do when he was here was like actually tackle rather than getting to the ball and then not yeah doing anything. You know, like he had a great ability to get to the ball. And then once he was there, he just stopped, you know, being able to use his motor skills. But. Alrighty. And then let's go up top. So I've kind of been writing down while, while you've taken the lead there, uh, Frankie, kind of how my final, you know, makeup would be. And it's going to be very similar to last year. Um, but talk about the forwards. Uh, obviously, Ronaldo is going to be on the left side somewhere roaming, doing whatever he wants to do. Um, Ronaldo on the bench uh, to start. <laughs> Don't say that, man. My yeah, podcast, I'm, my podcast I'm, is gonna get shredded, my friend. Ronaldo is my favorite player ever. He's the best <laughs> player ever. He, I love him. Um, <laughs> the strikers that I would put up there. Um, I mean, assuming we have Jekyll, um, I think Ronaldo and Jekyll is a good starting up top, uh, especially if he played the ball in the back a little bit behind them. Yeah. Um, that said, I'm going to be honest. I really, really, really like Kulishevsky. Like I didn't like him when we first signed him because if I'm being honest, like I, I don't mean to sound like too, you know, forward but on the bandwagon. He doesn't, he doesn't look like a, he doesn't look like a, like a very, uh, he, he doesn't look like his body's matured yet. Doesn't look like he grew any muscles yet. So like, you know, he could, he could be a great player, but like at the same time, like I don't want him to get tapped by a defender and get sent across the field. Like that's not what I need either. Right. So, um, but I mean, based on what I've been seeing in the, in the games that I've been able to catch of uh, him playing for Sweden and then, um, and the game that we just had, plus the Parma games that he was kind of exploding in towards the tail end of last season. Um, yeah, he looks yeah. awesome and he looks kind of, he looks like uh, a pretty good compliment to Ronaldo and Dybala, for that matter. He looks like a kind of guy who he can take on defenders himself as well as he can kind of um, he can play the one twos that Dybala and Ronaldo both love playing with each other. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, he finally is kind of that third option that I've, I kind of always wished Bernadeschi and Costa would be. But like Costa is made of glass and Bernadeschi like forgets his boots every game. Except for the games where he doesn't. And when he doesn't, he plays, he's a superstar. But like, yeah, I can't yeah. keep playing the same highlights from the same game against Atletico Madrid. <laughs> you know I mean? Well, see, so. 
the one thing, and that's kind of what I want to discuss as well, is I'm looking at this roster and, you know, in terms of that, in terms of the wing position, it does look like there's room to shred some contracts and to move some players because how I have it set up, um, the depth coverage is is there if you want to move someone. So, And then depending on what happens with Jekyll, I mean, that could, you know, that's also going to free up some room. So let's see what happens. The one thing I'm confused about, like I'm just looking on Wikipedia, you know, what players we have in, in the squad. And, you know, under Dybala's positions as right wing, attacking midfield, you know, second striker, but it doesn't say central defensive mid for some reason. It's crazy. I, gu- I guess they didn't get the uh, Allegri memo. They didn't even, yeah, they, they didn't read his thesis. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah. It's online, so I don't know why they didn't. Guys, I don't know. I don't know. I guess Wikipedia, don't trust everything you read, right, guys? So, no, anyways. I, wingers, the wingers definitely, uh, it, we're in a weird time where. Um, well, we got Piazza too, right? So, right. yeah. We're, we're in a weird time where, you know, this this is like uh, this quarantine mercato is very players aren't getting bought for big money because there's there's so much extra uh, variable involved for every single team that you just aren't seeing like big big money moves. I mean, even the players that are moving for big money, like he was arguably the most you know for young kid in the uh, Europe last year. So um, my my thought is. We've been seeing with a lot of these transfers that they're trades, yeah, effectively, right? Or like trades with ten million attached, or or, or yeah. whatever, playable over five years, whatever. Um, I, I think that's kind of where our problems are going to be. Is like, are we going to be able to get rid of Doug Costa and Bernadeschi, uh, whoever else we're trying to get rid of, without like expecting their full value in sale? Like, we can't expect. I can't expect to sell Bernadeschi for the forty million we got him for. Yeah. Well, I, I think even before Jack, the Jekyll deal happens, Piazza's going to be on loan somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it just has to happen because I, I don't see enough space. So why don't you give me your formation and who's going to fill out that bracket exactly? Okay. So okay. obviously, I'm assuming you're going to put Tech in goal. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, unless unless we pull out some signing that I could never expect. But Don't yeah. rumor. Tech in my back line right now, I think, has to be uh, Alexandro. Is everybody healthy? Everybody's healthy. Um, I would say Alexandro. Except um, Kadira. Right, yeah. You know, no, 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 never. ACL, sorry. If he was healthy, he might actually play the game. So, no, no. Um, we would have uh, Alexandro, um, Dilett, either Bonucci or Demiral. Um, I actually kind of tend to go with Bonucci just from experience. And, I, you know, I, I still love the fact that he can pass the ball like 75 yards onto your foot. Yeah. Like that's, that's really underrated for a defender. And like, you know, when you take that out of the game, like, you know, we, we saw, we see when he's not in the game, like the, the build up play from the back's a little bit different. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the right back, I mean, I, I kind of hate to have to put Guardado there, but, um, I mean, are you looking at my paper stall? Yeah, yeah. It's you got the mirror in the back, so I see it. Uh, no, I like. I don't. Yeah, exactly. We should put up the folders, like in grade school. <laughs> um, I have to put Carlisle there. I mean, I, like until we sign somebody else, you could we could sign me or you, and I would put us there before him. But like, he, yeah, and Danilo's not going there before no. Cuadrado. So absolutely <laughs> no, no. You know what that's like. I. I 
this comparison is bad, but it's like I'm staring at two different trash cans and saying like that one smells better than that one. Like that's fine, but you're still two True trash, enough. two trash. True enough. Um, midfield, I would say uh, in, in a diamond um, with an attacking mid, false nine, whatever you want to call that top position. Um, the the furthest most back would be uh, Bentoncourt. I think he played there enough last year, kind of deputizing for Pjanic and. I think he played well there, and he has kind of the physical qualities to to play well there for years to come, not just for a little while. Um, Rabio on the left, Arthur on the right, um, or McKinney on the right. Like I said, I, I kind of want to see how McKinney is. I want to start Arthur all the time because I think that he's he is a significant player. Like Barcelona signed him when they signed him, and he was pegged to be an extremely good player. And he played very, very well the entire time he was there. It wasn't as if he didn't play well is the fact that Barcelona spent, you know, $700 million on players and right. is starting three of them. So, um, and then in front of them, like I said, false nine attacking mid uh, hybrid, whatever you want to call it. Um, I put Dybala and then in front of him without counting Dzeko, I put Ronaldo and Kulishevsky. Um You know, I don't think that we're going to, I don't, I'm praying we don't play crossing into the box every single game. I can only hope. I hope, me, me too. We finally have a midfield that can actually like hold the ball in the midfield and pass yeah. it to another rather than dump it to the corner and hope someone runs there. So we'll see. But yeah, that's my 11. All right. So I'm going to, I'm pretty similar. Mine's going to be a 4 4 3 false on the way of it. Um, again, my back line is exactly the only difference is Kilini Delict is going to be kind of a rotating uh, position. Yep. Uh, as long as Kilini can stay fit, um, he'll get some of half of the games or whatever they want to do the split, maybe a quarter of the games, whatever, uh, like I said, the training staff knows better. Then you're going to have Bonucci beside him. Um, and Cuadrado is your right back, like I said, similar to what you said. Now, the only difference in the midfield, I'm going to have a three in the midfield, kind of flat, kind of, you know, two Medzala with, you know, your... I guess you could put it, drop uh, Artur back, but Artur is going to be my playmaker. And I just thought that, you know, towards the end, you know, Bentoncourt's value was trending pretty pretty high at the beginning of the restart. And then it kind of it started to dip a little bit towards the end. Now, I don't know if it's just, you know, COVID times and, you know, playing every three games and uh, a whole bunch of stuff having more... Uh, pushed upon him, but he's not going to have a Pirlo, or not a Pirlo, uh, Pjanic anymore, so it's going to be a little bit different. He's going to have more experience. Again, Ramsey and McKenney can come on as subs. Kadira, get the fuck out of my club. Um, oh, did I say that? Sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry. Get the fuck out of my club. Um, anyways, uh, again, false on the it. so we're going to have Dybala obviously kind of in the middle. Um, and then again, Kulusevski on the right, Ronaldo on the left. Now, this is where it gets interesting, right? Like I said, if Jekko comes in, there's no other way than putting him, I would say, as the nine uh, in the center and Dybala on the right. Um, maybe you do a 4-3-1-2, and then he's more of a, that number 10 role. Uh, but then Ronaldo is going to get an attitude and say, well, I'm a fucking, you know, I'm, a, I'm better on the wing, you know? I yeah. can't fucking be a striker for you guys, even though I'm getting paid $31 million. Anyways, rant over. Um, so that's kind of how I see a lineup. Pretty plain and simple. Not changing anything. Um, 
again, but there's some pieces like DC I have here, Berna I have here on the bench. We're going to have to move some of those. If even if, if Jekko comes in, for sure you're going to have to do something or you're going to have a log jam. Piazza is also there, like I said. Um, and then defense, I think the only the reason you keep Rugani, one for him being Italian, and you also have Demiral as an option. Delict for, for starts is not, like I said, it's not going to be able to play. And so uh, having a three, you're just down too many guys. Obviously, in, Chiellini's injury prone. So do you risk actually starting with a three? And like, uh, obviously, Alexander not being that third left, uh, center back. But then obviously, Pellegrini as, as a sub and Danilo as a, as a sub for the right side. And that's all she wrote, boys and girls. Um, I think I'm just going to go through some of the comments now that uh, you guys posted on Twitter and uh, see what your take was, boys. Uh, obviously, Frankie Nizzardo at Matteo. Or Frankie Nizzardo. Matteo Nizzardo. I'm getting. What time is it? Yeah, it's time <laughs> to go to bed, boys and girls. Um, he said that no way, uh, three at the back. No way. Um, he had Sandro Demiral Delict Quadrado uh, again, diamond formation, like you said, with Rabio Benton, Gorartur, Dibala, and Ronaldo and Jacko up top. Interesting take. Uh, I said that Quadrado kills me to see him in the lineup at all. I think everybody uh, could, could agree with that. Then we have uh, black and white circles, like my good buddy in Lesh. He says, Now that Jacko's coming, someone's game time will be crushed. And Juventini know who suffers, number 10. I hope so that's, I hope we really don't get into this, man. I really do. Um, it's like, are we going to be, am I going to be reliving that year with Allegri again? I really hope not. Because then it's going to. Does Dybala have to fit the Del Piero mold for Juve to realize that, like, yeah. the, it's dying to never leave here. He yeah. wants to be a legend. Can we please just. Stop building around these other people. Like, just... Yeah. It's that simple. Um, kind of contrary, though, uh, Luca, obviously a real Juve snob, real mm-hmm. underscore Juve snob, uh, who's been on the show. Um, he actually likes the 3-5-2. Uh, that I kind of... Po- so I posted an image, like you guys have seen, of the Juve Novara lineup. And he said the only changes he would make, obviously, instead of Danilo in, uh, in the left mid... Uh, or left wing back, he'd put Sandro uh, Demiral as the third center back with Chiellini and Bonucci and um, Bentancur in McKenney's position. So it would line up Rabiot, Ramsey, and uh, Bentancur um, with Quadrado as your as your right mid, Kulusevski and Ronaldo as as your strikers. So that's interesting. Um, take that what Kulusevski, right? Sorry, did you say that Kulishevsky was the only new player in that lineup? Yes, that would be the only new player in that lineup. Yep. Okay. So I, le- I, I, I was curious because we did just sign a couple of players. So I, as much as I want to leave Arthur on the bench for Ramsey, like I would really need to be convinced that Ramsey is going to deliver more than yeah. you know. Well, it's the Juve way. They're never ready. They're never right. ready. Right. They're ready when they leave. Yeah, and then at Daddy Torgo, uh, not in a 3-5-2, I'll tell you that. Maybe it has to be that way till Dybala is healthy. 
or you get another striker, but not regularly. That's for damn sure. So yeah, I, a lot of uh, a lot of kickback about the three-five-two um, that we won so much in. Again, different squad guys. So you know that's really the, the name of the game when when you have you, you have to suit your players. And I, again, there's no there's no need in in moving too far away uh, from center. And we kind of have something that was working. Uh, and we have a youth injection like we've talked about. And um, yeah, I, I think that's that's how she's gonna roll. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what Pirlo uh, gets up to. We'll see what injuries happen, right? That's always gonna be a factor. And uh, Frankie, thank you for coming on the show, bud. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me again. Um, always happy to come on. And uh, yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk next time when we have actual uh, film to complain about, rather than just words and names in the sky and Mumblano tweets and and aggressive tweets and following planes that don't land and all this shit well i gotta put in my bio 60 percent of the time it works every time so those are my odds guys 60 percent of the time it works all the time so that's how i'm going by in transfers and uh yeah that's that's gonna wrap this one up boys and girls um number two season preview done um what do we got lined up for us uh obviously the third season preview we're going to talk about transfer roundup let's see what happens in uh in a day uh but we're going to look at you know the 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 signings we've made we're going to look at the actual figures the contract lengths uh a couple players that we've obviously had to terminate contracts and some more maybe to come some more maybe to go uh we have till october 5th but we're going to look at the uh and, and obviously another face Another Juventino to come on the show. Um, so look forward to that. But there's, yeah, there's there's a healthy lineup coming up this weekend. So pack it in. Uh, you know, put some headphones on. Uh, go for a drive and just listen to some podcasts, guys. So thank you guys for all the support, as always. And, uh, yeah, continue to follow. You know the channels, Juventinita, D-A-L, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts. YouTube, all those great places. Uh, and please drop a five-star. Give me some motivation. Um, if you agree, drop some comments, what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear, what you don't want to hear. Um, some laughs, some, you know, me talking about clowns sometimes, maybe not, but it is what it is. Uh, guys, you guys have a, well, for us, it's a good night. And, uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. Cheers. As always, Fino La Fina. What's the event is? Ciao, ciao. Ciao.